Princeton, thanks for joining us. Let's get started. Princeton, say hi to the crowd. Hello, everybody. This is Princeton. Princeton, what, would you please tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, I will. So my name is Princeton. I am currently 22 years old, and I was born and raised in Naples, Florida. Great. And do you have siblings? Yes, I do. I have one younger sibling named Cameron. He's two years younger than me. Yeah, and he's going to college now? Right now, he is at UF. University of Florida is a very uh, successful big-time college, is it not? Yes. Isn't that exciting for him to be there for you? Yes, it's very exciting. That's awesome. And you guys grew up together? Yes, we did. And did you grow up with your both your parents or just one or or Yes, but then in 2007 my mom and dad got divorced and we did like visitation schedules like like for example I would see my dad on like every Tuesday and every other weekend. Yeah, I did the same thing with my kids and their mother. So obviously you know many people get divorced, right? And we have to raise our kids together. So you got to do you and your brother Went back and forth between your mom and your dad's house for a while. And he's in Seattle now, is that what I remember you saying? Or My dad's in Estes Park, Colorado. Oh, that's right, Estes Park. That's such a beautiful place, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah. And beautiful. It's so beautiful. So majestic, so nice. Yes, it is. Tell us about the last time you went there. The last time I went there was before the pandemic. It was August of 2019, and I went for a week, and... I went with, there's me and my brother and my father, and we did a lot of neat things out there, such as hiking. We went to different restaurants and tried different foods. In Boulder or in Denver or both or Estes Park? Well, the first night we got there, we went to Boulder and walked around the downtown area. Pearl Street. And went to this really nice Mediterranean restaurant and got some ice cream, of course. Of course. Why, of course, do you love ice cream? I love ice cream. Okay, so of course means that you love ice cream. Okay, good. And what else? So then after that, we stopped by the Estes Park sign, and we had me and my brother got our first picture together there. The background was, is beautiful. Like if you look at the picture with me and my brother, it's a massive, expansive background. Wow, yeah. And tell us about your dad, and what do you love about your dad? My dad is a is the owner and founder of Ameribus Realty. He's been with them since 1999. And um, today he is working from home. And I love my dad. He works from home now and uh, he's able to interact with people. Cool. Great. And some of the things, that, again, you love about your dad. Some of the things about I love my dad is he has a great personality I'm able to talk to him about certain things and he gives great advice and he always teaches me new things. He's just a a lovable father and he cares about both me and Cameron. He wants us to succeed in life. Wow, that feels good, doesn't it? Yeah, and become independent. Wow, you have a dad that you, you love and that loves you. Yes. That's nice. And tell us about your mother. My mother, her first job when we were younger was... Of course, she worked at Naples Park Elementary School. And then after that, she worked at Naples Mazda, at Dodge Jeep Ram as well. Cool. Nice. Then after that, she worked at Fifth Third Bank. Okay. Yeah, she's a hardworking mom. Yeah. She's taking care of her boys. And then she worked at Mitsubishi and then Regis Corporation. And then she worked at the Marriott with me. She was in accounting. And now 
She's a receptionist at Golden Gate Middle School in Naples, and she really likes it at her job now. I'm glad to hear that, yeah. And what do you love about your mom? Uh, my mom has a really great personality as well. She always helps me with things when I need help. She always gives me really good advice. And she also teaches me new things and wants me to become independent and succeed in life as well, just like me and Cameron. And she's lovable and, and caring and has a big heart for us. <laughs> Choking me up here, Prince. This is a nice thing to say about your parents. So with that, you have shared when you say be independent and stuff, you are proud to announce that you are you know, comfortable with the idea of sharing that you have autism. Yes. Yes. So your parents saying, I want you to be independent and I want to help you get where you want to get. Why don't you just share with us for a minute, like what was the last piece of advice your mom gave you or your dad gave you or something? What was the last piece of advice both your parents gave you? The last piece of advice, I remember my dad saying this to me as he was taking me home from Colorado on the way to the airport. Is like, if you believe you can do it, then try and do it. That's good advice, right? Brave. Yeah. And you believed him. Yes. That's nice. And what about your mom? Do you remember a piece of advice maybe she might have given you in the last little while? My mom always says to always be wise in everything I do and always pay attention to whatever comes and make sure I do it the right way. That sounds like having a lot of integrity. She wants you to be a man of integrity. And you are. You really preach kindness. You have a lot going on. Why don't you share with us some of the things that you have going on in your kindness movement? Because you have a kindness movement, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So basically what started the ball rolling with the, the kindness movement is, so last year, during the, the month of Christmas of December, I did this 24 random acts of kindness, which everybody loved. You sure did. I loved it. Yeah. And it really made people's day, especially I work at Publix and I told a lot of customers and I've gotten several compliments. And my boss has told me this, the same thing, like excited to hear a lot of nice compliments from people. So my next part of the, my movement is I was thinking about starting a kindness club and I would do it for different groups of people like I would do one for kids and parents and then the second one would be high schoolers and young adults and it'll be really good so we can encourage more random acts of kindness and we'll do like talk about different random acts of kindness and maybe even show demonstrate how the random acts of kindness is performed and talk about it and raise awareness for each one what to you is a random act of kindness? Can you share that with us? What are some examples of random act of kindness? So one good random act of kindness, everybody can do it, is to always smile at everyone you see. A smile can brighten somebody's day. Even if someone's in a bad mood, it just uplifts their, their mood. And smiling has so many added benefits. Yeah. And where did you learn that? Princeton? Is that something you came up with on your own? I learned it through various, like two different websites I learned it from and also from my background knowledge because I can just tell that smiling really is a really great way to show kindness. And it's very simple. Everybody can do it. That seems pretty simple. Everybody can do that. I like that, right? Even but if we're wearing masks, you can still see. You can still see the smile in your eyes, right? Exactly. Yeah. Wow. What's another one? Another really good one is to always tell someone to have a great day. Because when you, when you do that, 
It would boost your mood. It'll make you happier. It'll make someone's day and make someone look forward to having a really good day and make it positive. Yeah. Wow. So this isn't like, I don't have to go out and try to be this person. These are just like two things I can do. And you're right. That's random. And it's an exercise. Yeah. It's fair to say like, you know, you're asking for people's kindness because maybe you've been bullied a little bit. Yes. I have been bullied. You have, right? Yes. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Okay, so I've been bullied a few times in high school, of course. The first encounter was I was in my high school science class. I was a junior. And I remember sitting in, we had rows, or desks were in rows. And then the right side of the classroom, they were facing a different way. So I remember these three boys, they were sitting close together. And they were starting to call me names and saying they're better than me and and we're just not being very friendly. And I had the courage to, of course, I kept waiting to see. And then I finally had the courage to go down to the principal's office and talk to the principal about it. He took care of it, and it didn't happen again. And then the second encounter with bullying was I was walking on the way to class. I think it was the last period of class. And I was climbing up the stairs. And all of a sudden, these two cheerleaders pushed me into the stairs as they were going up, and I think they said something. I can't quite remember what it was, but this one fellow cheerleader who's known me since middle school comes over and picks me up, and my leg was scraped and took me to the principal's office, and I got some medical attention for my leg. And Sad. It's kind of sad, huh? Yeah. 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 So, and then, of course, throughout high school, people would call me names and say I'm weird and just... Or not say not nice things. But that was really nice of the girl to, to who knew you. Yeah. How did that make you feel? It made me feel like comfortable and that I'm someone I can trust. Yeah. Wow. And do you trust people? Yes, for the most part. Yeah, that's nice. But Wait. then there's some people that that seem it's, it's questionable. <laughs> I think that's fair for all of us to say, right? We yeah. are. We are. And so... Does this drive your kindness movement a little bit? Is this why, or is there other reasons why? There's other things that drive my kindness movement. One is because I've been bullied, and I've been in different places before where I've had people like not tell me to have a great day or people not smiling, but then there's people that have. So you kind of see a picture-perfect world. Yes. In a way. Is that fair to say? Yes, I think that's... You have like a pretty image of the world if people just kind of practice this kindness movement. Yes, I think if we practice this kindness movement, I think it'll spread throughout the, the area and we'll live in a much better and happier place. Wow. And we live harmoniously. So what's harmoniously living like? Tell us about that. Like we all live and live together in a society where there's more kindness, there's more happiness, there's more joy. And I think that will help everybody, help your spirit, your, your soul, in your mind even, physically and mentally. What's joy meaning to you? Joy means like a sense of deep happiness. Of course, when we think of joy, a lot of times we think of the Christmas season because Christmas season brings us a lot of joy. And, you know, when you even, like on Christmas Day, when you get everything you want, like all the gifts, and you're satisfied with what you've gotten under the tree, I think it uplifts your spirit a lot. Interesting. And how many times have you experienced joy in your life? 
uh, boatloads of time. The boatloads of time. Yes. Like joy. Yes. It's kind of like an overwhelming feeling of happiness is what you're saying, right? Yeah. So you're capable of feeling happy. Yes. And joy. Yes. That's a pretty cool quality to have as a person, don't you think? Yes. You know, some people don't really know how to do that anymore. Yeah. Like they've lost their joy. What would you tell the people who have lost their joy? I would tell the people that lost their joy to find a way to gain it back, maybe do something that's positive and that would put them in their uplifting moods, like find out what their favorite pastimes are, what they like to do. There's many ways to kind of de-stress yourself and make yourself feel more joyous. And what do you think people lose their joy? Do you think people lose their joy? I think some people can. Have you seen anybody out there in the world lose their joy when you look at a face who's not willing to smile at Publix or something? Plenty of times. Of course, at Publix or even when I worked at Metro Diner, even the, at the, the employees at the Marriott. Right. So some people around you have kind of lost their joy, right? Yes, exactly. I mean, they may still be cool or they may still think they're cool, right? Yeah. But they lost their joy. What do you think, Prince, when people lose their joy? I think that sometimes they may think of other things that may get in the way that cause them to lose your joy, like stress, anxiety, maybe different things that are going on in their life. Why else? I'm going to push you on this. Why else do you think they lose their joy? Because they're not happy with themselves. Yeah, not happy with themselves, right? Yes. What are some reasons that you think people might not be happy with themselves by? I think that people sometimes maybe have like a cynical view. That's a really strong statement. It's a really great, I agree. I mean, not that it matters, but I agree. A cynical view, right? Yeah. About life, maybe, and about their purpose in life and and what things matter, right? Yes. Yeah. What else? What else do you think makes people lose their joy, Princeton? I think like if someone uh, has like a, a relationship with someone that's not that great. Mm-hmm. That could hurt your heart. Yeah, like maybe with think? a family member or a close friend. And is that because they're hurt? Or is that because they don't like it? Or tell us more about that concept. I think that people may feel hurt when they lose their joy. Yeah. Pain and hurt can lose your joy. You don't want to lose your joy, I can no. tell. <laughs> you are absolutely about keeping the joy going, right? Yes. And so let's talk about that. So I feel like you're, you know, from what I've known about you, I met you through my son, Gabriel, right? You guys shared classes together in high school at one moment. Yes. And we participated in this club during lunch called Friendship Circle. Right. And so you like my son. Yes. He's very nice. He's uh, a great friend to me and he's really cool. (laughs) What makes him really cool? I'm curious. From your perspective. His personality. He always puts you in a great mood and makes your day. Ah, isn't that cool? Yes. Yeah. Do you know him as Zion or Gabriel? Um, I've known him through different names. Yeah. Okay, cool. But now I know he likes to be called Gabriel. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. As a father, I named him Zion as my primary name. And he, he got bullied in high school for being called Zion. Yeah. So he wanted to change his name to Gabriel so he wouldn't get bullied anymore. Yeah. I'm really glad he introduced me to you. Yes. So now we're talking about like, okay, we're committed to joy. Yeah. We're committed to kindness. Mm-hmm. You're making it not just your daily practice, but you're making it a movement. Yes. Right? You're working hard at this. You want to have a relationship. Yes. 
I mean, let's talk about relationships for you for a second. Okay, so I don't think a lot of people really grasp what autism is, right? And they know, and for good reason. It's it's a spectrum, right? Yes, and exactly. so so we can't really ask people to truly get what autism is because it's a spectrum. Yes. So let's, let's take a step back from what I was about ready to, to talk about. But you now look at people in the eyes. You didn't always do that probably, right? Yeah, sometimes I would falter at my eye contact. Yeah, well, that's not faltering. You were naturally, with your autism spectrum, not really meant to look at people in the eyes. Yeah. Gabriel, uh, we'll talk about that later, but you somehow learned how to. Yes. Does it bother you to look at people in the eyes now? No. Do you know why it was hard for you before? I think the reason why is maybe I was afraid of the person's reaction. To you? Yes. And you would see it? Yeah. And so you had this idea that they would experience you a little differently than other neurotypical people. Yes. And if you looked down or didn't pay attention to it, it might slide across you a little easier. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Wow. Was there other highly sensory reasons why you didn't look at people in the eyes? I mean, this is an autistic trait, right? So I just want to talk about it because I've, I've spent my life in autism. Yeah, I'm just, I'm I love of- autistics. I love Aspies. I love autistics. There's no cure here. This is a beautiful spectrum of humanity. I think you get that about me, right? You know I, I like you just as you are. Yes. Tell us some more about the eye contact thing. I think maybe sometimes I would be afraid of what people would say in their, their facial expressions. So the information was just a little bit too much. Yeah. Day to day. Yeah. It's easier just not to look at it. And you've gotten past that with people you're comfortable with. Yeah. Great. Is there a couple of the things that you can share with the world about autistic human beings? I want to tell you, I launched a TV channel back in the day called Autistic TV. Yeah. I got to partner with Autism Speaks. I hope Peter Bell hears this podcast. I think he'll appreciate it and his, his beautiful wife does. And I think that they had individuals with autisms, you know, uh, best interest in mind. And you do the Autism Speaks walk every year, right? Yes. And so how do you feel Autism Speaks has represented you as an autistic adult? I think they've done a very great job with it. So last year, I was commended by Autism Speaks for my act of volunteering and being able to be being a great part of it and showing my kindness towards Autism Speaks. And of course, the year before that, I remember going to certain different places in Naples and putting up walk posters and handing out brochures. No, oh, I walked for you. I did a mile or whatever, three quarters, and I saw other people do it, yeah. And then, yeah, last year, of course, in October, because of the pandemic, I did the walk virtually, which everyone participated, including you. I did. Thank you. I'm glad to say it. I, I'm a better person for having done it. Thank you for encouraging me. A great thing to do. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I wore blue and everything. I should have sent you a picture, but I didn't. But anyway, I walked it, and I was glad to walk it, and it was intentional. Let me ask you this. This is interesting. And again, a man that I admire very much who spent a lot of his life trying to, you know, do right by autism. He's, his son, Tyler, is not so high functioning as you, right? Yeah. And so a lot of parents have like really struggles with the concept of there are high functioning and there are not high functioning. Yeah. And the not high functioning may not have a better chance of going out and living a self life, like you say. And so that he started an organization, a nonprofit in the early days out in California that ended up getting acquired by Autism Speaks, Bob Wright and his wife and everybody. But it was called Cure Autism Now. I don't know if you remember that, but I can share it with you now as someone who's been in this a long time. 
I'm curious, do you think autism is something that can be cured? I believe it can be cured one day if we delve into more research about it and really learn the ins and outs of it. I think maybe somewhere in there we could find a possible cure. Yes, that's what Peter thought too, and feels, and, and to this day, right, is working his butt off for it, right? Yeah. And I fought with him on that, and, and we fought on conversations about autism versus autistic. Yeah. I say autistic as if it's just your nature, it's who you are now. He said autism, it's something you have. I mean, he might have changed his point of view on this, I haven't talked to him in a decade, but are you autistic or do you have autism? Well, autism is inherent in my life. Even though people may say that I don't, I don't have it, and even people that say they do, it's a lifelong neurological condition, so it stays with me or anybody that has it for the rest of their lives. Okay, so but you're willing to say it's a neurological condition? Yes. I don't meet many people as kind as you. So I struggle with the idea that autism is a thing that is a neurological condition that you should cure because I see someone like you who is just blessed to be such a beautiful human being and is embodying it to the freaking nth degree, right? Yes. And so I'm like, how would I, what part of Princeton would I change or cure? And I struggle with that, right? But you have conditions of this situation, right? Yes. You have anxiety attacks maybe or anxiety or yeah. tell us a little bit about what you have to live with with this neurological thing called autism? Well, growing up, I've had a lot of anxiety. I've had times where I've been, I've stressed out a lot of times. And I remember in school, sometimes I would have problems with paying attention in class. I'd get easily distracted. I remember that I used to have problems going to sleep at night. Do you have any health issues to mention or nothing yet? No. No, no, no weird stuff other than that, right? Obviously, the social cue stuff is yes. the most complicated. And then also, I used to have obsessive and repetitive behaviors. Now, that is something, right? Let's yeah. talk about that. Obsessive and repetitive behaviors. That's what we kind of know this thing to, to do, right? Yes. What does that look like? Show us a couple examples of that. Or tell us about a couple examples. So, the first to... common cause of an obsessive or repetitive behavior is something called stimmings. It's like flipping your hands and... I guess that's stimulating to the person that has autism. Yeah, and the other one? What else? What else? Maybe clapping. Okay. Being how awesome you are now, what would you change about yourself, Princeton? I think what I have about myself now is perfect. Really now? Yes. Yeah, and so you wouldn't change anything about yourself now? No. Did you always feel that way? Yeah, I think I'm satisfied with who I am as a person, of being kind and just loving to everybody and caring. But like everybody, nobody's perfect. But we learn new things and how we get better. Yeah, and were you ever hard on yourself and wanted to be somebody different than you are? I mean, that's a normal teenage thing to have, right? Like, you can't just, like, deny normal teenage angst, can you? Or have you always been this self-assured? I guess I've had times where I've maybe felt a little discouraged, but... A lot of times I've been encouraged by quite a, by a lot of people. Good. So you, you're comfortable in your skin. Yes. And you're pretty self-assured. Yes. Right. And you're ready to take on this world as you are. Yeah. That's a beautiful feeling. It's very attractive to people to see you like this. Speaking of attractive, do you want a girlfriend? Yes, I do. You do? And have you had one? Uh, no. Yeah. 
that's an honest answer. It's okay to say that, right? Yeah, I mean, we're not talking to the, the the guys in the locker room right now, right? Yeah. So you have not yet to have a girlfriend. Yeah. At 22. I think I'm I'm ready now to start looking for a girlfriend. Yeah. What might a girlfriend look like for you, Princeton? Tell us about what you imagine. You can close your eyes if you want to. Tell us this story. It's a, I would love to hear what you imagine. So I imagine my girlfriend being someone who's always honest, trustworthy, kind, compassionate, loyal, respectful, considerate, caring, and also someone that is always there for me and has my back no matter what, as well as having common interests, like having things in common. That's a big one for me. And just getting along with her. So that sounds like my exact version of a girlfriend. So can they have flaws? Can your girlfriend have any flaws? Yeah. Like what kind of flaws? I mean, you're the most honest person I know right now, probably. So what kind of flaws are you willing to accept from a girlfriend? Close your eyes again and go ahead and answer the question. I think certain flaws I might accept, maybe maybe we could uh, like disagree about something. We could sometimes do something incorrectly. Let's see, I'm thinking... Yeah, that's right. Just think about it. Maybe you don't know yet, right? You haven't thought that far ahead yet, right? That's great. That's perfect. So, but you have thought about this. You've got, you've characterized. Yes. That's because it's, you've characterized based on your principle. Is that fair to say? Do you know the word principle? Yes. Principle is like, I'm principled. I, I, I want a world of kind. That's yes. right. You're a principled man. Yes. I can tell this and I've learned this about you. So you want a principled woman. Is that fair to say? Yes. You want her to have the same ethical core yes. as you do. And then it'd be nice if you had common interests and you could have fun together. Yes. You're an adult now, so I can ask you this question. Have you thought about sexuality uh, with a girl? I haven't really gotten that far yet. I get that. Okay. So you're just trying to like meet a girl. Yes. Get her to understand who you are. Yes. Like you. Yes. And stick around for a while. Yes. So you two can practice a thing called relationship. Yes. I don't think that there's any other autistic out in the world that, that doesn't want this too. Do you? Do you think there's something that, that with autism that you might not want to really? Because I know that autism also is very introverted at times. Yes. For certain people. There are some people with autism that do want a relationship. They are, right? Yeah. Have you seen this new Netflix show of Asperger women and men looking for love? It's a dating show on Netflix. Yeah. Have you seen it? What is it atypical? It is it is Aspie high functioning but Aspie dating show. No. You should check it out. Right? Yes. It's sweet, it's beautiful. It's the only thing I've ever seen Michelle choke a tear out of <laughs> at this yes. point, right? I would love to introduce that to you. All right. Yeah. I'm gonna send you the link to it, okay? All right. There are other Aspergers who are looking for love. Yes. And it's not so easy. That's what the show looks like. Yeah. And even the Aspie girls, they're picky about their Aspie boys. Answer me this. Do you see yourself with a neurotypical girl or do you see yourself with an Asperger or an autistic spectrum girl? Have you thought of that? I haven't really thought of that too much, but it really, I guess it doesn't matter really. It really doesn't matter, right? No. Right. And you're kind of asking her to have it not matter to her either. Yeah. Like if she finds you attractive for whatever reasons, it's not because of the Asperger's or not because of the Asperger's, right? Yeah. Okay. 
I'm just trying to dig this out because I think, like you said, you came into the show saying, I think I could offer a unique point of view on this, mm -hmm. right? And you are. So is your heart full for love? Do you want love? Yes. With a partner? Yes. And you're on fire for it probably, right? Yes. You're 22 years old, haven't had a girlfriend yet, and you have done well for yourself. You've made a living, you've got hobbies, you have maintained healthy relationships with your family, you are not like some rebel kid who like, you know, screwed up. Like you are just like all around a pretty cool cat. Is that fair to say? Yes. Do you, do you see yourself as cool as my son, Gabriel? Yeah. Yeah, right? Exactly. So then with that, you're like, I deserve a badass babe. Is that fair? Yes. Like you want your own badass babe. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I see your face right now. It's lighting up, right? Mm -hmm. Cool. How are you pursuing it? I mean, how are you going after it? My first step in, in getting a girlfriend is talking to the girl and getting to know her. What girl? What girl are you talking to? It's a pandemic. You're working all the time. You have an idea of this girl. Do you have any idea where she's coming from or she's just going to drop out of space? Maybe finding someone to talk to while I'm working at Publix. Okay. Although I'm a big believer in, forgive me for this curse word, yeah. don't shit where you eat. Yeah. Okay. Do you know what that means? What? Like it means don't mess around with girls at work and don't mess around with customers at work, even though it gives you an incredibly social place to explore this idea, it can get messy because you're at work. Yeah. So I'm going to give you a suggestion and you ask for opinions from me at times too, right? Yeah. And you like opinions from other people like your parents and everybody else, right? Yeah. I'm going to say, no more trying to get what you want in the dating world at work. Okay. Yeah. You be kind there and you do all your good work there. Yeah. And other people will disagree with me. They'll say everybody falls in love at work or everybody has crushes at work. Right. Mm -hmm. I say it's against my principle and you might decide the same. It's mixed messages. It, it's like I'm at work and I should be treating you like a professional, but I'm showing a sexual interest in you. And that's not something that should happen at work is what everybody's telling us now, okay? So what I'm saying is, let's figure out some cool ways to find you, your badass babe, out of work. Have you thought about it? Where else can you find it? Um, that's what I'm thinking about. If people have um, some places where I could find a girl, that would be great. Okay, okay, we'll, we'll do some call-in or some email responses on our podcast, right? Yeah. And you're gonna, this is gonna show up on your thing, I'm gonna tag you and we're gonna share this podcast together. Right. Yes. And I'm proud of mixed messages. So you know what? I'm proud of having you on mixed messages and I feel like we can serve each other in this process. All right. Yeah. Okay. So I want to do another show with you and we'll have a lot of fun with talking about where you're going to find your badass babe. Yes. Okay. So let's talk a little bit more about what your badass babe looks like. You talked to us about her, her character. Yes. Which is like the sexiest thing a man could mention first about the woman they're looking for. I mean, the kind of man I, if I was a girl, the kind of man I'd be interested in was a man who described the character of his woman before the features. So I got to give you some props on that, okay? But are there some features? Do you prefer brown hair over blonde? Do you have, I mean, are you vain? Are you shallow? Do you have certain interests in your chemistry or style that you think is going to attract you? Or does none of that matter? None of it matters. Jesus. I don't know that a lot of people could understand this. You're saying none of it matters. Yeah. 
this girl could show up in any package. Yes. And as long as she meets these character requirements, checklist, if you will, to some degree, I guess, I'm guessing you could give her a B minus every once in a while on certain things and still want to keep doing it, right? Yes. Wow. So then I think, you know, I think it's pretty fair to say your girl's out there for you. She's coming and you're worthy. Now tell me about that. Like I've gone through a whole life of dating and my heart's been broken a few times. It has. And that's why you get to see the wrinkles around my eyes. And, and that's why we're here on this podcast this because it has. Have you thought about your heart getting broken yet? No. Do you even have any idea what that might look like? I've seen maybe some movies where that's happened. You're a movie fanatic, by the way. Why don't we have a little comedy moment here and take a little break? Tell us about how much you like movies. I love movies. You do. Tell us more. Tell us how much you love it. Tell us what movies you love. Give me a couple minutes of you and your movie riff. Because every time I hang out with you, it's always about movies, right? Yeah. You know, always, right? Yeah. We, I'm going to put out the outdoor theater here pretty soon. We're going to do our outdoor theater movies, right? Yeah. For the season, right? Yeah. Tell the world how much you love movies. I am a huge movie enthusiast. To be honest, I don't really have a favorite movie. I love really good movies, and um, I like different genres of movies. Why do you love movies so much? Movies tell really good stories. They have really good plots. The characters, the scenes, the visuals, the, even the music, the sound, whatever constitutes a movie and what makes it perfect. All right, back to relationship. Okay, let's assume you got your perfect girl. Yeah. Let's don't say your perfect girl. They used to say, or they've said in the past, that you have to kiss some frogs to get the to prince, right? Yeah. Or the princess, right? And let's assume that you now are starting dating and... You've met a couple of girls, and they're not 100% what you think you're looking for, but you're interested in trying to explore it, right? Yeah. You're going to date like anybody else, right? Yeah. May I add something? Yeah, please add. Of course, I'm looking for a girl that also is a believer in God. Okay. Yes, you want to, yes, that's important to say. Thank you. Intention. She's a believer in God. Yes. And is that Jesus Christ? Your savior? Yes. Or is that a Christianity? Yeah. Yes. Perfect. Okay. Okay. So you got a God-fearing, awesome, principled woman that has somehow shown up, and now you have to perform for her to be an awesome guy, and she gets to choose whether she wants you or not. Now, let's. I'm going to take an exercise with you because I want you to understand what relationships and dating is like, and it's a perfect conversation for the show, right? Yeah. She gives you a month, and you're like, holy moly, I might have just found the one. And after a month, she says, I love you, Princeton. I like you, but you're not the one. You were that close after all this time, and it just slipped away. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I would probably feel at the beginning distraught. Yes, distraught is a pretty fair word that most of us feel. Yeah. Yeah, I would probably need a lot of comforting. Yes. And more reassurance. Yes. That sounds right. From whom? Who's going to give you that? My friends, my family. That's right. That's right. So you are going to need that. Yes. And then you're going to do what? Try again? Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Which is great because you do know it doesn't happen all at once, right? Yeah. And it might take a few to get there. Yes. Are you comfortable with that? Yes. So, but I think it's good that you decided that like, wow, it was so close. I love it. 
all I have to do is be the awesome me. And then she says, yeah, it's just the awesome you is just not what I'm looking for. And you might have to feel that. But it's not rejection. This is dating. That's not rejection. That's our choice to kind of qualify. And so it takes a lot of people a lot of dating and some people just a little bit of dating. Okay, good. So I'm glad you're prepared for that. Are you really prepared for that? Are you really prepared to possibly have a couple of girls hurt your heart? Yes. Okay, good. As a man, I want you to be. You hear me? Yeah. And you have to get to the other side of it, okay? Yeah. And you're going to be as awesome on the other side of it as you are today. All right? Yes. But it will be confusing. And it will hurt. And you'll have some distraught moments. Yeah. And you'll need to seek encouragement from others and get through it. Right? Mm-hmm. But you'll keep trying. And so then tell us about this. When you get the one, what kind of life do you want to live with her? I want to live a really beautiful life, have kids, have a, a nice family, have a nice house, have a car, and have really good jobs, and have a good, a really good family background. Yeah. It sounds totally neurotypical to me. Nothing autistic about that, right? No. That's just like the neurotypical side of yourself, right? Yes. And then when you have that, do you think you're still going to be happy? Do you think you're pursuing things that you don't have yet that at some point when you get them, you'll stop being happy because you got everything you wanted? I'll continue being happy. You will, won't you? Yes. Yeah. I think you have a lot to teach people, Princess. Yes. I think you are... I don't even know how to say it. I'm touched by your presence. Okay? Yeah. I think you're a beautiful guy. And um, it's not hard to want the best for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So keep it up. You have anything else you want to share with us before we close the show? We'll do more. We'll come back and do more of these. Yes. Is there anything else you want to share? Other than that, always be kind to everyone. To everyone. Yes. Even your enemies? Yes. And <laughs> yourself. And yourself mostly. Yes. Yeah. Actually, I can't stand it. Give one piece of advice to all the people who are out there feeling lonely and self-sabotaging themselves and telling themselves they're not worthy of love and kindness, that they just somehow missed the boat on that. What advice do you have for them? I think that people should always love on everyone and show kindness, even in hard situations. Always be kind, always be lovable, and be optimistic, and be happy. No, I'm talking about lost souls. How do you bring them back, Princeton? What's your advice to people who feel they've lost joy and they don't feel like they're worthy of love? I would think of positive things and try to bring yourself back to joy by like thinking positively, thinking what makes you happy and what would uplift your mood so you feel more joy. Yeah, just come out of the darkness, right? Yes. Come back to the light. Come back to the joy come back to the happiness, which ultimately means selflessly serving others and being kind to others. And that'll make you happy. Is that fair to say? Yes. All right. So we're going to get back to you. We're going to post on our website, all of Princeton's, his new kindness club. We'll we'll share with you. He mean, he's prolific Instagram and Facebook daily posts and things. He is very dedicated to this cause. He's a very dedicated young man. 
again, he is a cook, he's a clerk, he's a, he's a chef. He's actually the servant leadership is what I call Princeton. He shows up and he gives his best. Yes. All right. So you want to do a call out for your, your future girlfriend when she hears the podcast? Why don't you tell her that you're ready for her? I'm ready for her. You are, right? Yes. Why don't you say it more than that? Why don't you tell her what you're ready for right now? Tell your future girlfriend. I'm ready for a really great, happy, and healthy relationship. There you go. You've heard it here first, people. Ladies, chime in. The number is on the website. Princeton is not sending mixed messages. He absolutely, 100% is ready for this. Yeah. All right. Till next time. We're going to do another one of these? Yes. Maybe more? Yes, more. Yeah. Okay, cool. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for joining Mixed Messages. Good night. Mixed Messages. Mixed Messages. Mixed Messages. Mixed Messages. Mixed messages, 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 messages.